0: I wanted to give you guys a little talk, a little pep talk about healing and about God's healthcare plan. God has given us some tools to deal with sickness and disease that we sometimes don't think about. Now, most of us in America know there's this big debate in Congress right now. What are we gonna do with healthcare? What are we gonna do with health insurance? What are we gonna do with Medicaid? How do we salvage this healthcare system that is causing trouble? We were praying for Adam Gingrich his friend who had cancer a couple months ago, and his friend died. I have had two brothers, a younger brother and an older brother who have died of cancer. My father died of cancer. I have eight people in my, in my family who have been diagnosed with cancer. In my aunts, uncles, and in my immediate family. Cancer has been a very difficult thing for my family to deal with. And I have developed a personal hatred for cancer. I've seen it kill way too many people. It is the second most prevalent killer in America. Uh, It's second only to heart disease. It kills about half a million people in the U.S. a year. Uh, You know, I have a lot of friends, and we pray for cancer to be healed. And the cool thing is, we have a lot of healing testimonies. We have seen a lot of people healed of cancer. Now, I'm not for a minute suggesting... That God has not given us doctors and medical treatment without a purpose. There, there is a purpose for medical treatment. And there, there is a need for health care. There is a need for hospitals and nurses. I worked as a paramedic for 35 years. I carry a drug box. I follow protocols. I do all the things that medical people are trained to do. Cool thing was God kind of woke me up and said, Hey, I want you to start praying for your patients. And when you do, I'll heal them. And I had to learn about healing because I didn't believe in healing at that time. And I was was an atheist for most of my life. So it took me a while to figure out what this healing was all about. And, you know, I started looking in the Old Testament and I see even guys like Elijah and and Elisha, they were raising people from the dead. They were healing the sick. God's plan for healthcare can be seen really well. If you look at... Moses and what happened when the serpents came into the camp of the Israelites? so serpents come into the camp of the Israelites and they're being bitten and they're dying. and Moses goes to God and says, "Hey, what's your health plan?" <laughs> and, and God says, "Hey, I got this really awesome health plan. no deductibles, no copays. you don't have to have a preferred provider. Here's what I want you to do, Moses take." A bronze serpent. Put it on a pole. Raise it up in the middle of the camp. And anyone who is bitten by a serpent, if they look at it, they'll live. Right? That's God's health plan. He's like, I'll heal everybody if they just look at the serpent on the pole. So what happens? Well, people get bitten by the serpents. They look at the serpent on the pole and they're healed. God's Desire, And this is where God told the Israelites one of his names. So we, we understand God's nature through his names. Okay, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my peace. We learned with this incident with Moses in the camp of Israel. Jehovah Rapha is one of the names of God. God is my healer. In some translations, it says God is healing. It has always been God's plan to heal people supernaturally. And over the centuries, we've kind of forgotten about that. We come to rely on tests and scans and prescriptions and pharmacies. And it's easy to lose track of the fact that it's, oh yes, exactly, by his stripes we were healed, right? I mean, when when Isaiah was telling the Israelites about the coming Messiah, he told them that he would—he was crushed for our iniquities. He was bruised for our transgressions. And by his stripes, we were healed. That's Isaiah 53, verse 5. Verse 4 says, Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, and we esteemed him not. Jesus, the Messiah, bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. Emotional trauma. So in Isaiah... You see emotional healing, and by his stripes, we're healed. Physical healing. There's emotional and physical healing right there in the prophecy of Isaiah, the Messiah. When Jesus came, he healed all who were sick, all who had disease. He cast out demons from everyone. He did not tell a single person, the Father doesn't want you healed. He didn't tell anyone, God is working out some plan in your life, God has, he's building your character. He did not tell anyone that they could not be healed. Anyone who wanted to be healed got healed, without exception. And then he not only healed the sick and raised the dead, he taught his disciples how to do it. And he told them, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. I want you, my disciples, my followers, to go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, Cast out demons and proclaim the kingdom. What you've seen me do, I want you to do. And his disciples went out. First the 12, and then the 70, and then multitudes. And in the book of Acts, chapter 5, it says, After Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended, he's been off the earth now for a while. They were still raising the dead, healing the sick. People were bringing out the sick and laying them in the streets at the feet of the disciples. It says, so that the shadow of Peter would fall across them, they would be healed. People knew, the disciples of Jesus knew how to get people healed. What me and my friends have learned over the last 10 years, I mean, healing has been around for a long time, but it's catching on right now. It's catching on and more average, typical, everyday people are doing it. I was an atheist, didn't believe in God. Up until eight, nine years ago, I didn't believe in healing or miracles. But God has taught me over these years. I've had hundreds of dreams about healing. Had another dream a couple nights ago about healing. Actually, I had one last night. Has to do with emotional healing and our buddy Steve Harmon and the book that I'm working on. So God is still teaching me more about healing. Mostly in the last year or two, it's been emotional healing. So Jesus gave his disciples authority to heal the sick. And then he said, go to Jerusalem. Now this is after he died and was resurrected. Before he ascended, he told the disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be endued with power from on high. So they went to the upper room and they waited for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them, tongues of fire over their head, and they went out and they had, they had received power for healing. Now I have a question for you. God has given them now two different tools for healing. He's given them power. He's given them authority. How many of you know which diseases and which illnesses you use power for and which ones you use authority for? Has anyone ever taught you when you go to church well, this is what you would use authority for. And this is what you would use power for. Has anyone ever taught you that? I have never been told that. And I, I have listened to hundreds, maybe thousands of messages and videos on healing. Has anyone ever come out and told you, well, here's how power is released. And these are the conditions where you release power. And this is how authority works. And when you want something to be removed, you use authority. And this is how you do it. It seems like if you're a follower of Jesus, that should be like 101, like basic instruction. Here's how you do this stuff. Here's how you use these tools. But they don't. No, they don't, they don't really teach you that stuff all that much. Well, and let me give you an illustration. So when Jesus had the encounter with the Roman centurion, the centurion's servant was sick. And Jesus was asked by the centurion. He said, Hey, can you heal my servant? And Jesus is like, Yeah, I'll come and I'll heal your servant. And the Centurion said, No, 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 you don't have to come to my house. I know that you're a man under authority. And I'm a man under authority. I understand how authority works. I say to this man, go and he goes. I say to this man, come and he comes. I understand how authority works. All you have to do is say a word, and I know my servant will be healed. Right? He understood authority. The centurion's servants came and said, at that hour, the servant was healed. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I tell you, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. The centurion had great faith. Great faith is one of the keys to healing. Jesus rebuked his disciples because he said, O ye of little faith. One of the keys to healing is faith. And there's a common misunderstanding about faith. A lot of people say, I only need faith as small as a mustard seed and people can be healed. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, he said, if you have faith that acts the way a mustard seed acts, you will say to this mountain, Be gone from here and it'll be cast into the ocean. How does a mustard seed act? It's how a mustard seed acts. He was comparing faith to a mustard seed. Go to the parable of the mustard seed if you want to understand how faith operates. In the parable of the mustard seed, what does it say? It says, the kingdom of God is likened to a mustard seed, which though it is the smallest of seeds, grows into a great tree so big, birds of the air come to nest in it, right? What was he teaching the disciples? Mustard seed seed. Grows your faith for healing and miracles has to grow, it starts out small, it gets big. He told the Roman centurion, I have not seen such big, great faith. Jesus used authority to heal the Roman centurion's servant. But when the woman with the flow of blood crept up behind him and grabbed onto his the hem of his garment, right? She said, I know. That if I grab onto the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And it says, power left him. And she was healed at that moment. And he said, who touched me? I felt power leave me. Who touched me? And the disciples are like, what do you mean who touched you? There's a crowd of people. Everyone's touching you. And he said, no, I felt power leave me. Who touched me? Here's one of the keys to healing and miracles. Some conditions require a release of power and some conditions require an exercise of authority because power and authority do two different things. When you release power, you're releasing energy, power of God, and you are creating something that doesn't exist. When you exercise authority, generally speaking, you are commanding something to leave that doesn't belong there. When I am going up against cancer and tumors, typically I don't release power because I'm not trying to create something that doesn't exist. I'm trying to remove something that shouldn't be there. Tumors are not supposed to be there. Okay? So if I want a tumor to leave, I command it to leave. I'm exercising authority. That's how you make cancer. Go. I mean, that's one way to do it. Now, if the person that I'm praying for, well, I got an email this morning from a woman who, or yesterday, her son does not have a pituitary gland. And she was asking me, how do I get my son healed? He doesn't have a pituitary gland. We didn't find this out until he was older and they did a CAT scan and they found out he doesn't have a pituitary gland. Should I just command that pituitary gland to be to exist. And I said, "Well, here's the situation. You have to understand what you're trying to accomplish. We're trying to create something that doesn't exist." Okay? What is that called? It's called a creative miracle. Creative miracle is creating something that doesn't exist and that's done with power. God created the earth out of nothing. It's a creative miracle. How did he do it? Power. He released power. His power, the power of the Holy Spirit, created the earth. It created Adam and Eve. It created the animals. It created the plants. Those are creative miracles. You're creating something that doesn't exist. When you need to do that, that's an exercise of power. When you are trying to get rid of demons, you don't release power. You exercise authority. You're commanding those critters to leave. When you have a tumor, you're trying to get those tumors to leave. Someone has a bacterial infection. Power or authority? Well, they have an infection. It's not supposed to be there. So I generally command the infection, the bacteria, to leave because it's not supposed to be there. That's authority. So do you guys see where this is going? There are different conditions, different purposes for power and authority. That's why Jesus gave his disciples access to authority and access to power because they work differently. And here's the next question. Well, how do you release power and how do you exercise authority? Faith. Faith is the trigger that releases power. When I want someone to have a miracle or when I want them to be healed, I have faith. What is faith? I compare faith to confidence It's very similar to confidence in the sense that faith is having confidence that when I put my hand on that person, or if I command that disease or spirit to leave, then it's going to happen. It's having confidence in God. It is having trust that what God said is actually going to come to pass. It's confidence. It's having confidence in what God said. That's faith. And when you have faith, strong faith, without doubt and unbelief, that is what causes healing and miracles to come about. It's faith. There are other tools that God has given us for healing. My wife has leaky gut syndrome, which, as some of you know, leaky gut syndrome leads to other conditions. It leads to autoimmune conditions. It can lead to a lot of different things. And I've been... Me and a lot of people have been praying over my wife for a long time. And God gave me a dream where he showed me that her leaky gut syndrome required healing of her DNA. How do you heal somebody's DNA? I've been doing some research, and and several different people have ideas about how you heal DNA. But healing DNA is another way, it's another tool to get someone healed. If someone has Down syndrome... They've got an abnormality of the chromosome. If you can get that chromosome healed, you can heal them of Down syndrome. But you have to heal their chromosome. That's healing DNA. That is a tool that God is showing us how to use. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could actually heal people who have Down syndrome? I think it would be kind of cool. And then you look at all the other genetic diseases. And then you look at things like autism and Parkinson's. I was, me and some friends were praying for a person who had Parkinson's. And one of the people heard or saw the word synapse and said, what is And we're on, we were on messenger. We're just chatting. And she said, what is a synapse? And I said, well, a synapse is the gap between nerve fibers where the electrical impulse jumps from nerve fiber to nerve fiber and it jumps over the synapse. It's a gap. It has neurotransmitters in it. And, and I said, well, what that means is God is telling us we need to get the synapses in the nervous system healed as part of the healing process for Parkinson's. That was a word of knowledge. One of the tools that God has given us for healing is revelation through words of knowledge and words of wisdom. People ask me, I have you know, Hashimoto's, I have hypothyroid, I have diabetes, I have celiac disease. How do I heal this? And I tell them, look, there are many different tools, and we have to figure out what is the right tool for you. Is it DNA healing? Is it an exercise of authority? Is it a release of power, a creative miracle? We have to figure out what is it that we're doing. Emotional healing is, is huge. So when Isaiah prophesied that Jesus bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, and Isaiah 61 it says he came to Heal the broken hearted. Broken hearted? What is that? That's emotional trauma. He came to heal the broken hearted. He came to heal emotional trauma. And we're finding out that a lot of people who have autoimmune disorders, a lot of that is related to emotional trauma that has not been healed. I got an email this morning from a woman. She has a list of diseases and conditions as long as your arm. A lot of it is autoimmune. Her daughters, both of her daughters now have lupus and she has a son who's like eight or 10 years old and she's afraid that he's going to get lupus. And she's laying out all these conditions that are in her family. And then she said, I know we also need some, something is is emotional about this. There's so much anger in our household. I was like, yes, that is part of the problem. Because the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 4.26, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil a foothold. And what he was saying there is when we allow emotions like anger to remain in us, it creates trauma to our soul. It damages our soul. It creates wounds in our soul. And that creates a foothold, an opening of opportunity for the enemy to afflict us. That's what Paul was saying. And what I found is, especially with anger, but if it's unforgiveness and bitterness and all those other emotions, if you hang on to those emotions, they cause damage to your soul. And that spreads out into your body and it causes things. It allows the enemy to afflict you with things like cancer and autoimmune diseases. And me and my friends who've been doing this for a while, we're learning that a lot of these conditions that do not respond to power or authority, if you get the person healed of the emotional trauma, you can get those symptoms to go away. For a lot of people, it's a process. The question is, how do we know? How do I know if the person needs healing of their DNA or if it's emotional healing or if it's a release of power or if it's exercise authority? These are tools. These are the tools that God has given us for healing. A well-equipped believer knows the tools, knows how to use them, and knows how to hear the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit tells you, this is what you need to do first. And that can come through words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I get a lot of information on healing through dreams. Um, A lot of people do in visions. Some people receive angelic messages. I've had those in the past. How do we know? In John 5, 19, Jesus said, the son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the father doing. If Jesus tried to heal a blind man and he did not do it the way the father showed him to do it, it wouldn't work. Which is why in the gospels, when Jesus healed three different blind men, he used a different approach every time. Because the father showed him something different was necessary for this person, and that person, and the other one. It always comes down to a question of, what is the Father showing us? I can't give you a formula that says, if you have this, do that. If you have this, try this. I can tell you what the tools are. I can show them to you, and I can tell you how to use them. But ultimately, we all need to learn to hear from the Holy Spirit, to hear the voice of God, and to be directed by Him so that we know in each specific case what is required. We have to learn what the tools are, and then we have to learn how to use them. And that is God's health care plan. It was His plan from the beginning His plan from the beginning was for us not to be sick and die. That was his plan from the beginning. In the Garden of Eden, we were, you know, Adam and Eve, healthy, no disease. It would live forever. Now that we have kind of, we're in this situation where we have kind of messed things up, he he has a different plan. His healthcare plan now is go heal the sick. And I've given you a lot of different tools that you can use to accomplish that. And you have to learn what the tools are and you have to learn how to hear my voice how to release power how to get words of knowledge how to kick out demons exercise authority and do emotional healing and there are other tools as well one of the big things is forgiveness i've found a lot of people simply by forgiving people that have hurt them they get healed of the craziest things i've had it happen to me i had chronic neck pain And I got healed by a lot lot of times and neck pain always came back. And once we identified that I was holding unforgiveness toward this one person, once I forgave them, the neck pain left and it never came back. So forgiveness is another issue. And, And all of these things go together to create a really beautiful healthcare plan that God has provided for us that we can use. If Congress can't get their act together, if, if the government can't figure this stuff out, God has already shown us what his plan is. It's supernatural healing. We can do it. I, I, I've i been doing it. You know, Denise and I, we, we've we gone to restaurants and Home Depot and all over the place. And we just pray for people and they get healed. And And I used to be an atheist for Pete's sake. If an atheist like me can do this stuff, anybody can do it. So... This message is really just to encourage you, to let you know, God has a plan. He has already shown us what the plan looks like. He has already demonstrated how to get people healed. Look through the Gospels. You'll see Jesus healing people like crazy. And we just really need to adopt God's plan for healthcare. And I have an online class that you can take where I talk about all these different tools that God's given us for healing. And I walk you through step-by-step, step, what the tools are, how they can be used. I give you testimonies about how they work. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Most Spending a lot of time is teaching, teaching healing, teaching the supernatural. If you guys are interested, you can uh, check out my online class. That is going to do it for tonight. Um, I love you all. You are amazing. Uh, I want you all to be blessed and healed and healthy. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you on my Well, folks, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for dropping by. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.